Hello and welcome back to Noah's Window. Yesterday we had a really great story about things that are going on in a prison in modern times. And in Acts chapter 12, as we've been reading, uh, there's a, a very exciting story about uh, a prison situation in Bible times. Well, it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's in Acts chapter 12. We're sometime into the beginning of the church. Jesus, of course, has already died. He's resurrected. He's gone back to heaven. Church began at Pentecost. The church flourished. But by the time we get to Acts chapter 12, uh, the church is beginning to experience some very heavy persecution. And the first one of the apostles is martyred, and that's James. And that happens at the beginning of chapter 12. And when Herod sees that the people are pleased with the martyrdom of James, which tells us that some of the same anti-Christian sentiment we see today was very clearly back there in the first century. He decides he's going to arrest and subsequently execute Peter as well. Peter, of course, is the most well-known of the apostles. He was the pastor in Jerusalem. And so he arrests Peter. Uh, now, Mary Alice, there's something that I think we ought to pay attention to in this chapter because what happens when Peter is arrested is so very different from when Peter was just afraid he was going to be arrested the night before Jesus mm -hmm. was crucified. And one more time, uh, when Peter denied the Lord, he hadn't been arrested. Nobody had even threatened him with arrest. Mm -hmm. It was just he was afraid he might be arrested. And the fear of that, uh, when a young woman asked him if hadn't he been with Jesus, Peter denied the Lord three times and really embarrassed himself and... and um, even brought himself to the place where he was wondering if he had it inside of him to continue following Jesus, at least in ministry. But what I want to get to now is this wonderful story, because here is Peter. He's arrested. He's going to go on trial the next day. He might be summarily executed. James has already been killed. But what amazes me is Peter goes to sleep mm -hmm. the night before he's supposed to go on trial. And the church is having a prayer meeting asking God to deliver Peter. So I want to talk about two things. The first thing I want to talk about is that when the angel comes to get Peter out of prison, the angel has a hard time waking, waking Peter up. up. <laughs> so let's think about this for a second. The night before Jesus is the night that Jesus is arrested, he's just scared he might be arrested and he, he does a horrible thing, denies the Lord three times. This time he is arrested, he's very likely going to be executed, but he goes to sleep. And the thing that comes to my mind here that's so powerful, it's hard to scare somebody who's seen someone come back to life. I mean, what are they going to threaten Peter with? I mean, they're going to threaten him with execution, but he saw his Lord executed and Jesus showed up later. So, I mean, what do you think about that? As, yeah. as you said, he's not worried. I, but it does blow me away. I can't sleep the night before I'm going to travel, much yeah. less the night before I'm going to appear before a hostile court and, and presume to be executed. And, and when the angel comes in and has to jostle him awake, um, he's, he's not sure if, if what he's experiencing is a dream or if it's real. In fact, we were reading one of four squads of four yeah. soldiers that are uh, guarding I him. I mean, they must have thought Peter is really a dangerous mm -hmm. man. I mean, they put 16 guys on him. Now, that could also go somewhere, too, because it could be that because Herod and his soldiers heard the story of Jesus being resurrected, they could have had fear that God was way more powerful than they thought he was, you know. Mm -hmm. 
But you're right. I mean, Peter, uh, he didn't even get fully awake until the angel finally got him outside the city a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he said, this must be the real thing. The I actually am here. This is real. Well, n- none of us has seen anyone come back to life, although we, we know that. We believe it from the Word of God. But many of us have seen God do a miracle yes. in our lives. We've, we've seen God answer prayer. I know you and I have seen God do yes, miracles. Yes, many times. When God answers prayer in our lives, it ought to change the way we look at difficulties, right? Right. It should build our confidence that the Lord takes care of us over and over again and that He is true to His Word and He's faithful. And uh, we should have less fear because we know He's there. Well, I think the Lord, in fact, I know for sure about this, the Lord expects us to have more confidence once we have seen Him answer prayer and very mm-hmm. clearly do a miracle. I mean, we see this in the, in, the, in the case of the disciples when they had seen Him take five loaves and two fish and feed 20,000 people. And then they go to pieces later in a storm and Jesus is like, don't you remember mm-hmm. what you I did? Attention? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, the second thing that I want to point out is similar to that, I guess, maybe in a different vein. So there's a prayer meeting going on mm-hmm. uh, in the house of the mother of John Mark, if I remember right. Yes, where the church met. Where the church met. The church, yes. church was having prayer for Peter, that God would bring him out. So Peter, of course, he's been awakened by the angel. The angel leaves him and Peter walks back to the house where they're having the prayer meeting asking, oh God, please spare Peter. Then he knocks on the door and a young woman walks to the door and she sees Peter outside or hears his voice. And she's so excited she doesn't even let Peter in. She leaves forgets him on, to open the door. Yeah, she leaves him on the street <laughs> and runs back and tells everybody that uh, Peter is alive. And here is the church that's having a prayer meeting. And they tell her that she's crazy. Yeah, that it, no and it's a little obscure. The text is that they say it's his angel. There, there are different views about what that means exactly. But the bottom line is they're saying it's not Peter. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, And I find this interesting. They're having the prayer meeting. They're begging God to release Peter. And Peter shows up at the door and they say, no, it can't be. So what do you think about that? <laughs> Well, um, I think we need to think about him when we pray to pray in faith and and uh, and be willing to believe when God answers the prayer. You read my mind because a lot of times I think when we've been when we've been told to pray in faith, I think that that idea is we're going to go ahead and believe what God is going to mm-hmm. do, and because we believe what God is going to do, then God does it because we believed it. Mm-hmm. To me, what's beautiful about this is they had enough faith to pray. Right. They had enough faith to have a prayer meeting, and yet the Lord heard their prayers, even if they struggle with believing. Okay, well, in their defense, perhaps they prayed with James earlier, and, and God saw fit to take James home. Yeah. So I think that's part of the equation, too. When we pray, we have to trust God with His answer. But sometimes God does do the miraculous. Um, I don't think it's necessarily based on how we ask or, you know, we, we pray in faith and out of obedience, but we have well, to trust that, God. That's what I'm saying, because right. whether or not they believed that God was going to release Peter, they had enough faith to pray. And they should have believed that God is able. That God is able. That's right. Yeah. God is and able. I, and clearly that. they had to believe that he was able or else they wouldn't have had the prayer meeting. Right. I, I say that today because I think a lot of times we Christians wonder if we have enough faith or the right, right. kind of faith. But if we have enough faith to pray, enough yes. faith to trust God, and like you just said, believe that he can you know in hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 the bible tells us we have to believe two things we have to believe that he is which means that god is god and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him 
We're not told to pray that God will give us specifically what we're asking right. for, even though it's fine to ask, and He often mm -hmm. does give us what we ask for. But the challenge for us is to believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who continually, diligently seek Him. Yes. It's a great story. I love this. And you make a point, too, and perhaps we can talk about this on Noah's window. You know, the ways of God are past finding out. Yes. You know, why did God allow James to come home? And why did God keep Peter there? We know Peter ultimately will be martyred. Yes. But uh, it wasn't time. It, it wasn't, wasn't time. time yet. Yeah. And, and God was going to use both things for his glory. Um, and we don't, you know, we just don't know the, we have to trust God with the wise behind the curtain of how he's working. Well, I, I know how it is when we lose a loved one for any yes. reason. You know, for us, they're leaving home. They're leaving home. For heaven, mm -hmm. they're coming home. You know, and I know clearly God sees things from a different perspective than we do. He does. And we're all praying for miracles for different loved ones right now. Yeah. And we have to just trust God. I think sometimes in this life, um, in a really dire situation, uh, I, I think sometimes we hang on and go through more suffering for the sake of our loved ones. When just like um, Paul said, you know, it'd be better for me if I could just go on and be with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes we have to um, be willing to surrender our loved ones to the Lord in His timing and just trust His timing and His will. It's why our life is in His hands. Yes. You know, and it's why every day of our lives we need to live trusting God yes. that He knows. He knows the time for us. And he knows what's best. And in Romans eight twenty eight, he's working all things for good. For good, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Well, this is just a great story, and I love it. It's uh, it's humorous. It's exciting. It is. Uh, and again, one more time, it's found in the book of Acts, chapter twelve, verses one through nineteen. So I would encourage you today, if absolutely. you're looking for some place to read in the Bible, and especially if you want your faith to be encouraged and built, this mm -hmm. is a great chapter to read. Yes, Mary Alice, would you pray for us, please? Yes, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for recording for us these wonderful stories that we can uh, observe how you work and how marvelous you are, how powerful you are. Thank you for all the answered prayers that we see in Scripture, but all the answered prayers that we've experienced in our lives. And Father, we want to just trust you with all the situations that are heavy on our hearts today, ours and those who are watching and listening to Noah's Window. I know that each and every one, each and every family has a burden of some sort that they want to bring before you, and I just pray that you'd help us to have faith that you're going to do what's best and that you um, are capable of even doing miracles. But if not, Father, we know that uh, you have what's best at heart and that you, we can trust you with that. I pray that you would just uh, grow our faith in all of these things and we'll be careful to give you the glory and the honor. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining Mary Alice and me. You know, we're taping right now in front of our dining room table. Yes. And uh, we're not dining on food right now, at least on physical food, but we're dining on the food of God's Word. So That's thank right. you for joining us for this meal in God's Word. Thank yes. you for joining us on Noah's Window. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. We'll see you tomorrow.